This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. The topic of this episode comes from a listener. He wrote in part, Your videos are infused with insights that aid the non-dualist in speaking with dualists. However, there is not, or at least I did not see, a single video that addresses these insights together. This request may seem counterintuitive. Why should a non-dualist need to defend themselves? Sadly, I come from a large family of fundamentalist Christians, and I am constantly harangued because I am not a fundamentalist. Unfortunately, as you may imagine, I do not get very far when I share my view in this way, and so I would benefit greatly by a video of the aforementioned suggestion. His actual suggestion was worded this way, how to talk to a dualist. I'm calling this episode how to speak with a fundamentalist, but it applies to non-fundamentalist theists as well. I have to deal with this all the time. I have to think about it every time I preach. I preached in our local community church last month, and as I was preparing my sermon, I had to keep in mind who I was talking to and constantly put things in a different way than I would in one of these podcasts or videos. Generally speaking, people in the pews are coming from a dualistic position. That is especially true of evangelicals, but it's also true of most mainline Christian churches. Theism is dualistic, and traditional Christianity is certainly theistic. So I do not get into the pulpit and immediately say something that's going to shut people's minds to what I have to say, so I come at it carefully. I often start with humor. For example, in my last sermon, I started off with what I called grandpa jokes, which are kind of like dad jokes. They're kind of silly, but hopefully somewhat funny. It needs to get people groaning and laughing. And laughing opens people up physically. It just relaxes the body, as well as opens people up psychologically. And it's important when talking with theists that we have this type of approach and don't come at it too seriously, like it's a life or death matter. We don't make this conversation dualistic and dual spelled in both two ways, D-U-A-L and D-U-E-L. There's no advantage in getting involved in a duel here with people. Of course, that is exactly how dualistic thinkers will approach spiritual conversations. When evangelicals are not preaching or speaking to convert, they are engaging what is what is called apologetics, which has nothing to do with being apologetic. It has to do with defending the faith against perceived threats. And these threats are understood as any religion or philosophy or worldview that is not self-consciously evangelically Christian. 
fundamentalists see the world in terms of black and white, as a battle between right and wrong, godly and ungodly, Christian and non-Christian, Christ versus Antichrist, it can get apocalyptic very quickly. Fact is, as soon as we start to speak in non-dual terms, the evangelical apologetic instinct quickly kicks in with many Christians. We will be seen as a threat and fundamentalists will feel the need to, and I quote, contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints, as the letter of Jude puts it. Mental barricades go up very quickly. People get defensive. And there's nothing we can really do about that. In most cases, there's no way that the non-dual message of the kingdom of God that Jesus preached, or what I call unitive awareness, or what is generally called non-dual awareness, there's no way this message can be heard without evangelicals quickly getting defensive. As soon as they recognize that what is being talked about is not the standard evangelical party line, then the battle lines are drawn in their minds. They're afraid they might be lured into thinking outside of the evangelical box. They are afraid of being deceived by Satan or demons. It's scary to them to consider the possibility that they may be wrong. They do not realize that they are actually afraid of Jesus's message of the kingdom of God. Religious people were afraid of Jesus and his message in his day. His hometown synagogue was so afraid of what he was saying that they took him out of the synagogue and they brought him to the edge of the cliff and they were going to throw him off the cliff right after his very first sermon. Religious conservatives eventually banded together to have Jesus executed. The same mentality is present in religious conservatives today. We must understand that Jesus' non-dual message of the kingdom of God is by its very nature what the Bible calls a stumbling block. It is very threatening to evangelical Christians. So when we speak with fundamentalists, we have to be very aware of this fear. And that fear often manifests as anger. We are seen as a threat, just like Jesus was seen as a threat. And Jesus warned us about this. He said, Remember the word that I spoke to you, no servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well. If they kept my word, they will keep your word as well. But they will treat you like this because of my name, since they do not know the one who sent me. So how do we speak with fundamentalists? First of all, we speak with them and not at them. That's why I phrase the title of this episode is Speak With rather than talk to fundamentalists. Remember that in reality we are all one and it's important that we communicate this oneness in the way we speak as well as what we say. They are not the enemy even though they will perceive us as the enemy. So it is best to do everything we can to model the inclusive attitude of Jesus, who is the Christ in whom we live and move and have our being. Second, we are not trying to convert them to non-dualism. 
There's no need for that. Furthermore, there's no need to even to defend non-dualism. We aren't defending a worldview or a philosophy. We are simply pointing to reality, and reality can defend itself. Now, fundamentalists will try to defend their positions and convert us because they believe that anyone who does not believe the way that they believe is headed for hell, and they need to save us from that. The reality is the fundamentalists are already living in an earthly hell of their own making. Fundamentalism is hell, as anyone who has come out of fundamentalism knows. Yet our task is not to save them from their hell of fundamentalism. That is a hell formed by the dualistic self. The door of hell is locked from the inside. Only they can open it. But they do not want to open it because it means the death of everything that they ever thought was real and true, including their dualistic self. So like Milton's Lucifer, they would rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. So there's nothing we can do. Furthermore, there's nothing that needs to be done. Everything is as it is. That's what non-duality is about. It cannot be other than it is. Evangelicals are the way they are, until hopefully one day they see otherwise. There's nothing we can do to open people's eyes. Only Christ can do that. All we can do is witness to truth. And so there's no point in arguing, and there's no point in debating. When I was deconstructing my evangelical Christianity, I watched a lot of online debates between Christian apologists and new atheists. The debates were always phrased in terms of theism versus atheism, and both sides love to debate. But a debate between dualism and non-dualism is an oxymoron. It is a dualistic exercise. In non-duality, there are not two sides. Both sides are part of a, a larger whole, yin and yang. The seeming duality the fundamentalists see as reality is actually part of a greater whole. So it's important to communicate the larger non-dual reality in how we speak with fundamentalists. We do that by communicating love and compassion and showing that we are not threatened by them and then maybe perhaps they might feel less threatened by us. The reality is there's nothing we can do about it. People will react the way they react. If we point to non-dual reality well, and if they dare to glance in that direction, then they will be scared. And rightly so. There's nothing we can do about that either. For it means the destruction of their dualistic worldview. They cannot imagine spirituality or religion without an enemy. They cannot imagine truth without a corresponding falsehood. They cannot imagine one without two. But that's our message, not two. Non-duality. So I do not debate. But I will often challenge people if I feel like people are, are open to that. When I am in a private conversation or in a discussion group setting, 
then I often use the Socratic method. Instead of making statements about non-duality, I ask questions. These questions are direct. Because they're, they're direct, and if I get a chance, they're unrelentless, they can feel threatening, but that's all right. When the person is interested and open to that, to that, to looking a little bit deeper. The questions are meant to reveal to people that the theistic and dualistic worldviews are based on assumptions and presuppositions and that they do not stand up to scrutiny. So my questions are a way of deconstructing or helping them to deconstruct their view of reality, which can prepare the way for a glimpse of non-duality to emerge when everything is revealed as nothing then what remains is reality. So, how do we speak with a fundamentalist? We do the best we can, point to that which is beyond this illusory world of duality, keeping in mind Jesus' advice not to give dogs what is holy or cast pearls before swine. Now, that those words might sound judgmental, but Jesus simply meant that if someone does not appreciate the treasure of the kingdom of God, then there's no use to keep talking about it. If we continue to do so, Jesus says that they will then they will trample them under their feet, then turn and tear you to pieces. And that is in fact what happened to Jesus with this crucifixion. So we speak to fundamentalists in unconditional love, which is the ethic of non-duality. And that is modeled in our words and our attitude. If that love is not accepted, and if the point is the non-dual reality are rejected, then we do what Jesus says and wipe the dust off our sandals and move on. That's the best way to speak with a fundamentalist. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.